Hi, friends. How are you? Oh, very Good. well. How about yourself? Oh, I'm not bad. It's bright and early in California. Oh, yes. See, we gave you an excuse to get up early, so that's a good thing, right? Sure. Yeah, let's yeah. do that. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm excited. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. So welcome to the Power of Friendship podcast. Thank you. Yeah. But uh, we're just going to do the introduction real quick, so I'll um I'll throw it out to Tevin. So, Tevin, hey. who are you? I Well, first, I just got to say, you're, you were the, one of the first people, well, when I started the podcast... I wrote you were my first guest I, I always wanted to have on here. So thank you. <laughs> you were kind of like I, I watched Geek History while well, I listened and watched and all that. So I was like, I can do this. This sounds fun. Do it with your friends. So you were like the inspiration of like Geek History and, stuff. and like also He start- said that doesn't look that hard. I could do that. It's true. It's not <laughs> that hard. <laughs> it was gonna be it was fun, like how you guys talk about comic stuff like that. I was like, oh, this is dope. And then, like, I, cause I don't like, you guys have subjects that are like, I never thought I'd be like Star Trek, all that stuff, Lord of the Rings. I'm like, okay, we're doing this. This is, this is dope. So, you like helped me broaden my nerdum. It's been a lot of money, but it's okay. We're okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay it's bye. better. I mean, look, hey, kids can buy comics instead of drugs. So that's what I always <laughs> tell people. <laughs> but I want to, yeah, you, yeah. You know, they're, pro- yeah. they're about the same price, but you know, one won't kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just want to thank you for coming on and it really means a lot to me i know thank you thank you for reaching out to me and honestly that's like the nicest thing anyone said to me in a really long time so thank you for sharing you guys are like yeah you guys are like the reason i guess for i mean for me being happy i guess <laughs> Aww. I, want to thank that's, I can't do with that with a level of responsibility but I, thank you <laughs> i'm usually just i have you go lucky but you guys like you know give me more reason to be happy you know it's cool oh. it's Okay, as long as we're not the only reason. <laughs> no, but thank you so much, and I really appreciate you for being here. And welcome to the Power of Friendship, episode 36? Yes. Yes, this is like my dream episode. So I have someone I've always wanted to have on the show, and you should introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Ashley Victoria Robinson. I'm a bit of a dilettante, but I'm assuming if you listen to this, you have excellent taste in podcasts. And you might know me from my show Geek History Lesson. We have over 400 episodes at this point. Um, We've been doing it for a long time. We used to record in a closet. Uh, And I'm also an award-losing comic book writer uh, and an award-losing actor. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I'm uh, Sailor Gaines, 18, uh, also known as Del Tevin, Tevin Davis, but yeah, this is my podcast, and I have this lovely host, I mean co-host. My best. Oh, um, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> so I'm Benny J. Blanco, which is actually just my pen name for my, uh, uh, my pen name for my books, but uh, I'm actually Benjamin J. Figueroa, so my dad out there won't be angry that I didn't exclude our last name, but uh <laughs> So, uh, actually, I wanted to uh, go off of what Tevin said. Uh, like, how I discovered you was actually through uh, Jason when he was in the DC uh, YouTube channel. And from there on out, I was like, damn, this cool. This guy is fucking cool. He has this Hollywood demeanor, like, charm to him. I'm like, all right, cool. Let me follow him. And then I started seeing, like, I started to see uh, you on his Instagram. And I was like, He's married to a fucking amazing woman. This dude is fucking lucky. He should be lucky. <laughs> and then from there on out, I just start seeing all your content. Like, 
all your freaking opinions and like the fact that you've been just doing this show for such a long time like just you know you said you started from a closet i mean like mm -hmm. i mean we started <laughs> yeah so like you know we never expected to be shooting off to like the stars this shit this stuff takes you know time and from your show like you know that's a clear sign like you know it's a, it's a work in progress and all the hard work that you and jason have dedicated to not only uh, your podcast but all your crafts has always influenced me to try to push myself even further so from the bottom of my heart thank you and thank you to jason too Oh, thank you so much. Uh, one of my favorite things about the internet is people trying to figure out how Jason and I know each other. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you, you're you um, you're from Canada, aren't you? I am. I've been an American citizen since last May. After 10 years of trying. <laughs> I know. It's a pain in the ass from what I hear. Not it as is, easy. It is. And I'm look, I'm a white lady with no accent. So I had it easier than most. And it was still uh, an incredibly complicated process. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's weird. They don't really teach us like, you know, at least us Americans, how hard it is, you know, unfortunately. But either way, you're here. That's awesome. And we're glad about it. <laughs> but uh, do you want to start off with uh, some questions, Devin? Yes. All right. I want to start off with... Uh... What anime are you watching right now? I am. I just finally finished season three of My Hero Academia and finally started season four. Uh, and in LA, where I live right now in West Hollywood, they have this dope uh, Attack on Titan mural. So I just went and saw that. But the only thing I'm watching right now is My Hero Academia, which is great because I just did a bunch of packing for our Patreon secret mail level. And so that takes me six hours, like an entire afternoon. So you can crush like 30 episodes of anime in that time. Uh, what did I finish right before? Oh, I finished Skate the Infinity um, right before that. So that's what I'm, that's the anime I'm watching right now. So, uh, so what uh, got you into uh, watching My Hero? Was it obviously the, the comic book aspect to it or something else? It was really popular, which I know is like such a, uh, boring uninteresting answer because just because something's populist right doesn't mean it's uh good but mm -hmm. everyone kept saying that oh it's this marriage of like eastern and western hero traditions and and that's true to a point that's like perhaps an oversimplification to get people in the door but what got me to watch it is uh there's a great stunt double a stuntman and actor uh, named Guy de Silva and he most famously I suppose doubles Black Panther and he did this short, or he performed in a short called, I think it's UA colon LA. And it's the idea that it's like two UA students in Los Angeles, and they're doing a My Hero Academia inspired fight um, in this park up near where I live. <laughs> and I really like, I don't like real violence. I don't like watching real people fight, but I love fake violence and I love um, stage combat. <laughs> so when I saw that, I was like, dang, if the fights are even kind of this good to inspire this short, I better check it out. And luckily it's available on about a billion different streaming platforms and the dubs are pretty good. So if I can't take the time to read the subtitles, I think that the voices in English are pretty good too. So that's, that's it's not an exciting answer, but that's how I started watching My Hero. Oh, no, no. I mean, it's really rare when both the sub and dub are good. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, honestly, the only other animes I personally like 
where Dragon Ball Z, obviously, just because the 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 American uh, dub is legendary, and then yeah. Naruto. Uh, yeah, but my hero is yeah, it's close up top. Like, it's it's amazing to uh to watch it. it it's all about just how they, just how they just emote, and you know sometimes a lot of the translations or whoever they hire, kind of falters into emoting a lot of these characters, and especially for my hero, especially with Deku, how mm-hmm. emotional he gets a lot of the time, which honestly was a little bit annoying in season one and a little bit in two, but he grown up. Which I appreciate it. I think a lot of it with the English dub too is how they deal with um, the word high because right in Japanese high is like yes and they'll tack it on a lot to the like end of a thought to kind of button it. Um, and sometimes, particularly in the 90s with like a lot of shoujo stuff, like a lot of clamp shows, the girls would just go ha 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 because their mouth was open. And you're yeah. like, that's not how people talk. Like anime is... is it's hyper stylized, right? Like it is melodrama. Deku's like a great example of that. Um, and if you can make that work, and if you can translate it to like a Western sensibility, because ultimately that's what you're trying to appeal to with the dub, I think it works out okay. I always think of um, uh, the Sailor Moon Deke dub, which was done in Canada. You're welcome. Hey. Um, <laughs> as, as being like a very, a really good for shoujo, because it is a lot... Um, it's a lot more melodramatic, I think, intentionally. But as being a really good example of like a great, a great early dub. So uh, on the topic of anime, um, I'm always curious on people's take on this question. Mm-hmm. What is one of your uh, biggest, like, uh, the, the the cliches or tropes that you absolutely despise in an anime? Oh, uh, girls crying, uh, like rivers of tears. Oh, yeah. Which is again like a classic sailor moon um most of the stuff that actually really bothers me is is like the 80s 70s 80s and 90s anime and manga is my favorite because like that's what i came up on because in the late 90s and the early aughts we were getting all the stuff finally dubbed or put on television right when you didn't have to scrounge around to like find a fan dub or a videotape or something like that we were getting all the stuff that came out in the 80s um, like when we finally got like a decent Akira dub, but <laughs> a lot of that stuff, um, really, really like hyper sexualizes female characters. And I-, I do understand that anime, like I said, is, um, very stylized and I have no problem with sexuality, but like, I think sometimes like in Cowboy Bebop, like the way Faze just got like these big old swinging titties for no reason, just- uh, <laughs> Yeah. But like a 20 inch waist. And I'm like, that's not even like how anatomy works. My yeah. friends, um, th- those are like, those are the things, visual things that really bother me more than like storytelling tropes, because I'm very much like tropes exist for a reason. When you watch yeah. my hero, you know, they're going to win at the end of the day. It's not like, oh my God, are the heroes going to win? It's how they're going to win. Like, that's what yeah. you're on the ride for. Especially with my hero, it's it starts off with this is the story how I became the number one villain. So I mean the number one right. hero. Yeah, yeah. So you know <laughs> Deku doesn't die unless there's some major retcon time travel stuff. But I, I was just only curious because my biggest uh my biggest trope that I absolutely hate is perverted main characters. I fucking despise that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's popular. so cringe. Yeah, it's it's cause as like a twenty eight year old male now, I'm like yeah, I'm not like tw- ten years old. Like this isn't funny anymore. This is actually kind of weird. And like, I'm thinking to myself, like, grown thirty or forty year old men are like writing this, and 
I don't know. Like, I think that that's a that's a trope that needs to like just die out. It's just it's that's a reason why some some animes are just hard for me to get to to get to because I'm like I don't understand why this main character is hanging around with this guy. Oh, because at the end he's like the strongest or he's cool. He has a kind heart. It's like no, no, stop. He's stop. Like, but he's a villain. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 stupid. But yeah, that's just one of my biggest gripes. But um, any uh anything else about animated that you want to say, Tevin? Well, well I want to ask. Okay, you like Digimon? Okay, I do. I will die on the hill that Digimon is better than Pokemon. I am ready oh, to die on that no, hill. No. <laughs> <laughs> But you might, we might, yeah, I agree with you on that one. I agree. <laughs> what? Full oh, on. Tevin. Oh, dude, I know where you live, bro. Yo. <laughs> I know where you live, bro. Yo, like yo. <laughs> man, yeah, my, I got my, look, man, look. But who, well, all right, who's your favorite Digitetsu? One. Ooh, probably um, Yamato, or in the English dub, as they will always be my brain, Matt from the OGs, because uh, he's the one I had a crush on when I was very young and my brain was squishy. That's my um, boy. <laughs> I love I love a sad boy. I love a sad, sad anime boy. Or Rika from I think she's from the third generation. Yep, yep. She's got like a dope Kitsune inspired Digimon yep. Renamon because I love foxes. They're my favorite animals. But my all time favorite Digimon is Gatomon. Um because she was really cute, but also very, very powerful. And I love cats. So <laughs> <laughs> I was just a sucker. When she showed up, I was like, that's my Digimon. I don't care who this girl is. I love her <laughs> so much. I still have a bunch of little action figures of Gatomon. So, <laughs> but yeah, Yamato I, from the Digidestin is my fave. I have a question, Ashley, honestly. Mm-hmm. And like, I know you or Tevin are probably going to yell at me. But so about Digimon, like, what's the fundamental difference between Pokemon and Digimon? Because I mean, it's I'm so a it's fan. so easy. It's so well, easy. So well, there's aesthetics, right? Completely cre- created in like completely different decades. So it's like it could just be your aesthetic sensibility. I like the way Digimon looks a little bit better. It's got more of that over-designed, like um, mech-inspired. Like like why does Ty have goggles and big gloves? <laughs> I don't care. I love it. Um, the fundamental difference for me is like a narrative difference, and it's that Pokemon are animals. They are pets they don't speak they don't have higher sentience they can't consent to what's happening to them it's basically animal slavery it's dog fighting and Mm -hmm. um and digimon have higher sentience they can choose whether or not to engage sometimes they don't do what their digidestined tells them to do or wants them to do and i also from from a narrative creative standpoint i like the idea better that they can evolve and then de-evolve so that they can be like the the cute the chibi factor of anime is very appealing to me so they can also be cute but they can be really really powerful so like every time a new digimon movie comes out you know that they're gonna get one more extra four like anja <laughs> woman is gonna get even more armor for no reason uh and that's cool but for me it comes down to like sort of the 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 story engine of like they are it's more of a partnership and it's less of a uh, you are a horse and you are strong and I am forcing you to carry me on a saddle even though I don't need you to because I have a car. Like, it, it kind of comes down more to that and that's what yeah. ultimately appeals to me more about I don't think anyone's bad who likes Pokemon, just to be clear. But well, That would have been most of the world at that point then. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think most of the world's not bad, but I don't well, think like in Pokemon makes you bad. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, uh, I have respect for Digimon. I've always been interested, but 
Every time I get that thought, a new Pokemon game comes out, and I'm like, I'm a simp for Pokemon. It's oh, Pokemon, I mean, in terms of branding, like, there's nothing else that has the market, like, the weeb market cornered in quite the same way. Well, literally, Pokemon is the number one, like, single entity in the entire world, just above Hello Kitty, which I just did not know. Oh, That's man. That's wild. I, I, love me, I love me some Hello Kitty, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, Tevin, uh, so, any uh, other anime questions? Oh, of course. Uh, yeah. What would your Digicrest be? <gasps> what a great question. Um, so, Lord of the Rings is my favorite fictional thing ever, and I know what my ranger uh. symbol would be. So, I think that it would probably be something fairly similar to that. So, a an eight-pointed star with a little circle in the middle, and then... Uh, do you know what like a Bridget uh, swirl is? It's like three sort of swirls. It's a very classic Celtic design. Something yeah. like that around, either around it or maybe coming off of um, the longer points. Because I see it as like four long points on a star and then four smaller points. So maybe they would come to a swirl on the end. That's what I think I would like. I like kind of um, star imagery for things like that. That's cool. Uh, so actually, following off what you just said about the Lord of the Rings, because I honestly, I just uh, last week or last month, I bought myself a wallet that has the entire map of uh, Middle Earth, and I absolutely love it. I, That's I'm so not going to cool. say I'm not going to say how much I paid, but it's real leather, so oof. Um, so uh, what are your thoughts about the Lord of the Rings, the Ring of Powers? I have, concept. So I have so many uh, The concept? Why would yeah. you do the first stage? What the fuck is wrong with you? Um, well, yeah. Well, the first stage is basically <laughs> on the gods at that point, right? Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's, I'm not in the room. I didn't hear what Amazon wanted. <laughs> um, so it's really easy for me to like make like my, my fan feelings about it. Cause my fan feelings about it are like the first stage. Uh, much like in Game of Thrones, sort of the age of heroes, which I don't understand why the show is not exploring. Um, for me, is where the 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 money really comes from. It's where the the most interesting mythology comes from. I have a degree in English with a focus on Arthurian legend, so that's like also where my bias lies. I just like big right. epic myths, but like I want the fall of Gondolin. I want the Astari being brought to Middle Earth and all five of them. And I want to know what all five of them are cool and like what they're assigned to look after. And I want Elrond and Elros being being born as twins and having to decide if they're going to be human or elf and what that means for I'm not as interested in young sexy Sauron and it seems like the show is yeah. interested in giving us young sexy Sauron and we have Elendil and Isildur and Galadriel and Elrond and Gandalf I'm sure um as rumored characters we know Galadriel um I think she's the only one who's been announced officially as casting um but I I'm less interested 20 some years past the movies in seeing a redux version of like hey do you remember Lord of the Rings? Lord of the Ring? hey. Hey, we, we got we got rings. You like rings? We got. I'm I'm less interested in that, and I'm I'm more interested in um exploring something new. That being said, um I do follow everyone involved in it that I possibly can, and they have some like preeminent Tolkien scholars who are consulting on it. They have some really like like Stephanie Folsom is writing on it, who's also working on Paper Girls for Amazon, who wrote the screenplay for Toy Story. 4. Like she's fabulous. Helen Shang is writing on it, who's an amazing um, a TV writer. So there's like a lot of really great talent involved in it. So I'm I'm sure the mandate from the studio was, hey, we want this to tie in to things that people are familiar with from the movie from a branding standpoint. 
that makes the most sense. We spent all this money on this WB pro, you know, uh, da, 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 da. so the fan in me is like, you're not going to, you're not giving me what I, what I want. You're not giving me the show that I would make, <laughs> but I, I don't know the parameters under which the show was made. But ultimately my thought is if you're the casting director for the Lord of the Rings, Amazon series, uh, my reps are available on IMDb pro. Please contact me at any time. I do a Scottish accent and two versions of an English accent. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, Hell, they made a trailer about all like the big writers that they had for that thing. Which yeah, <laughs> I really hope, but I'm like, that doesn't mean crap until the final product because we have seen countless times this person's attached to this, this person's attached to this, and it just becomes a dumpster fire. So, but yeah, I hope so because Middle Earth is by far my one of my favorite all time series of all time. So, like, they need to make sure that they. It's a whole different avenue of fans you're going to be pissing off because this is a fan base that's been around since the 30s. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I agree with you. Like, yeah, it's it's a weird thing. Like, yeah, why not do the first age for all the gods and stuff like that? Just dump a lot of money for the CGI stuff. That'd be cool. But it's whatever. They want to do what they want to do. I just really hope they don't try to copy what Game of Thrones did because, honestly... Stop doing that. Just do your own thing. You're, you're, you're better. You're better than Lord of the Rings. I mean, better than Game of Thrones. Well, you're, Game you're... of Thrones is like a fixed point in time now, right? It's kind of like what Battlestar Galactica was for sci-fi and what Stargate was before that and what Trek was before that. Um, it has changed the game for fantasy completely, even though it's it's obviously the text is heavily inspired by. So that's another fear is like, I love game of thrones um my favorite game of thrones character is theon Greyjoy. i will also die on that hill uh but i like i'm okay with characters being dark-sided and having conflict but the thing about lord of the rings is because it's much more closer to a classic hero's journey it's much more archetypical um i'm not interested in rapey lord of the rings yeah and and that i like and i find comforting about lord of the rings is that like Frodo is not intentionally Tolkien said not in, it's not a Christ metaphor, but he, you know, he is a savior figure. He is a hobbit. He's innocent. Um, he's quite young. I mean, he's not as young as he appears in the movie, but he's a younger, yeah. you know, like I like, I like that in Lord of the Rings, good guys are good and bad guys are bad for the most part. Right. Gollum kind of sits in that sort of middle ground. Um, and I'm nervous that I, I'm nervous about what a game of Thrones defied. Lord of the Rings might look like but again I trust a lot of the creatives on the show so I'm hoping I'm hoping it just means that we have like some more shadows in the cinematography and maybe we shot in Croatia where they shot um King's Landing or something yeah yeah I really really hope so but I feel like since we live in a very sexualized media like uh world I don't know but we'll see I'll try to block that out of my head be like because this is not what Tolkien wanted Tolkien was was a pure-hearted good man, Christian man. He didn't want to see his properties be ruined. Well, he was a—he uh, put all of his PTSD in there. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, with the battle, battle of Psalm and all that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, now uh, on the topic of Amazon and fantasy, did you at all watch the Wheel of Time? I did not watch Wheel of Time. I have not read the books, and I—I I generally like to be a a book reader first. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I, I didn't see a lot of good things about Oof. Wheel of Time. I'm not saying it's bad. And, and I oh. definitely, just because something is not good doesn't mean that anyone worked on it. It's bad. And like nobody tries to yeah. make anything 
bad, but like I, I wasn't familiar with it or invested in it. I didn't hear a lot of positive things. So no, I did not dip yeah. my toe in the <laughs> wheel of time. <laughs> yeah. Cause I uh, read all 15 books and yeah, you kind of, you kind of bond close with the characters that you read and see them uh, changed up and sexified. And the show was a little bit of a letdown in, in my case, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But it's whatever. You can't win them all, unfortunately. I, I know, I know. But uh, Tevin, anything oh. in uh, fantasy? Oh and, uh... well. Uh, okay, so as a person that has never read the Lord of the Ring books, um, should I start? Should I start? <laughs> start with um, the Hobbit. I- I've seen the movies, the extended cuts. On the mo- you know, the movies are. I think the Lord of the Rings movies, maybe more than anything else, really exemplify the value of adaptation. Because I will read, like, I've read the Silmarillion multiple times. I've read all the untold tales. Um, like, I'm happy to sit there and have Tolkien tell me why this tree is the most important tree ever. Also, I just like trees. And I like <laughs> touching trees. And th- I, like, I think trees are the closest thing he can get to time travel. So, like, that's my jam. I, I, I also understand that it is now dated prose. So you have to put your mind in a different place. It's like when, if you sit down to read Pride and Prejudice, like it's a romantic comedy. It doesn't read the same as like a Sophie Kinsella book would do or a Meg Cabot book would do. Cause it was written, you know, um, in the last century. So I'd say if you like Lord of the Rings and you like the movies and you're interested in the minutia of the world, it's worth exploring. But if you're like, I just kind of want more of this. Um, and you're not interested in the entire history of a character that you come... Like, if you think Game of Thrones is too dense, Lord of the Rings is not for you. If you read Game of Thrones and you're like, I could have had another 15 chapters on the history of the Iron Isles, then Game of Thrones might be for you. <laughs> but what's nice about it is it's it's um, it's um not in the public domain. It's certainly not. But it's been around for so long. It's like hyper, hyper accessible. So I'd say get a cheap copy or get like a 99 cent ebook and and try it out. If you start with The Hobbit, I will caution you. The Hobbit was the first thing he, the first book that he published. It was intentionally written for children. The tone is much lighter than Lord of the Rings. Once you get past, like when you read The Unexpected Party, the first chapter in Fellowship of the Ring, it's much closer to The Hobbit than to like the Ottoman Empire metaphor of the building and fall of Gondor that Lord of the Rings becomes. Um, and there's like some anachronistic stuff like hobbits have grandfather clocks and umbrellas and you're like, mm, does that work in the same realm as Rohan? I don't know. But once you get to Brie, it kind of settles into that tone. So like if you're not, if you want something more mature, I'd honestly say start with fellowship. So that, there's a long non-answer for you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, this looks very interesting. I've been hearing people talk about the books. I'm like, you know what? I might, I might take that dive. I might take that dive. If you have a plane ride in your future, you could take much worse things with you. <laughs> True, but, but um, more. go ahead, Tevin. Sorry. Uh, okay, have you watched? Uh, have you seen this show called like Vox Machina? Uh, I have not seen Vox Machina, but I know a bunch of people who worked on it, and they've seen the uh the original show, the uh, the role play, the RPG show. Okay. Oh, okay, nice. I just started watching it. It's pretty good. Yeah, I would imagine so. Everyone who works on it's really talented. Benny, <laughs> <laughs> do you have any more questions? Oh yes, uh, it'd be a weird transition, but uh, so, uh, so what? What's like the what's the day in the life for Ashley, like in a normal oh, setting? Lol, normal. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I've like a really hectic week right now. Um, and it's Sunday. Um, 
a typical day if i'm not like like i'm going to set next week um a typical day in in january or february right now is get up around eight feed the cat um i have a, like a morning ritual i'm very woo woo and i'm like very into my feelings <laughs> and stuff mm -hmm. like that so like my morning ritual is like 90 minutes it's like meditate and yoga and journal and like light the candle and set the intention and do the mantra. So like I do that. Um, and then I make, I've had the same thing for breakfast. If I don't go out for breakfast or something, or it's like, I went home for Christmas. So like, you know, everyone just cooked for me. Uh, I've had the same thing for breakfast for like five years. <laughs> uh, and then because I work from home, I always try to get some sunlight. I know that's a wild thing to say living in California. Uh, but I can scroll myself away and like not leave for a couple days. And that's very bad for the seasonal affective disorder. So I try to go sit in the sun for like the first half hour of my work day. So then around like um, somewhere between like 9.15 and 9.30. Um, emails, emails, emails. Try to get all the emails out of the way. And then it's working on whatever is the most pressing project. So things like. Uh, geek history lesson like um today we're recording three episodes so and one of them is an interview so had to write the notes that i needed which looks different for every episode and then write the uh questions for the guests and then the geek history lesson extra questions they're like personal interview questions um so like work on whatever project that is that or i'm doing a kickstarter in march so like i'm prepping that for uh, Aurora and the Eagle full-size Redux printed copies this time. Or I'm also, um, there's a big, a, a prominent theater in Los Angeles called the Wallace Annenberg Center for Performing Arts. If you live in LA, it's the old post office in Beverly Hills. And uh, I'm doing their March show there. Um, I get to play Medusa, which is very exciting. And this <laughs> week I have to learn my line. So it might be like writing a lesson or... Um, working on like some other project like that. And then it's um, other work kind of stuff. Like, um, like I do a lot of content management, like I'm a content manager for major spoilers. So anything that needs to be done kind of under that umbrella. Uh, and then I try, I try to finish between six and seven if there's nothing extraneous or there's no crunch going on. Uh, and then I try to take a break and probably go outside again, uh, like just walk in the neighborhood. And then it's just like, come back and, and chill time, uh, which lately hasn't been happening as much because there's just been a lot more things going on. But mm. I try really hard to like keep my evenings free. But if not, it's like not extra, extra time, you know? Uh, so it's like, okay, well, I was going to read Legendborn tonight, but I guess instead I'll just <laughs> spend six hours shipping these Patreon rewards. And it, those are very champagne problems because like our Patreon is one of my favorite communities that I have on the internet. And it allows mm -hmm. us to, I don't know if you just heard that, but the, the people who live upstairs drop something very heavy on the floor. <laughs> um, and and we're, we're prepping to do, like we're doing a series of... Um, exclusive prints uh that we're collaborating with an artist with that are going out to like uh some of our high level patrons this year so um yeah so i i think that sounds very boring it's like get up uh meditate for a bit work all day maybe watch a tv show you know eat sleep repeat but that's the thing about being a, a freelancer and a creative and, and a dilettante ultimately is that 
They say you'll never work a day in your life, and it's not true. It's you'll work every day of your life, but you'll enjoy it a little bit more. Like I got up early today to come chat with you guys, and then I'm going to go record three podcasts, and then I'm going to be a guest on another podcast, and then we're going to talk to our guest like at nine o'clock, my time, Pacific time this evening. So like it's a full day of work. It's a Sunday. The last time I had a day off was January third Dude. so that's that's just like how it goes you know <laughs> i mean hey look you gotta do what you gotta do and it's hey. fully first world problems like absolutely yeah, I, I, I mean yeah but you know this is the life you wanted and you understand that this is the the stuff that you have to do and a lot of people just don't know that you know to be like in, in the position that you are it's a it's a lot of hard work you gotta constantly work it's like Oh yeah, I live in West Hollywood, so they always assume like, oh, she's super rich, and I don't live in to... West Hollywood, so don't assume I can afford. I cannot afford. <laughs> oh, I live in oh. the valley. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but like, well, when people think like, oh, L.A. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, the, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's 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 you still got to work hard. I mean, trust me, like, there's a big misconception when when it comes to people that have successful podcasts like yourself. That they assume that, oh, they don't have to work. They have a bunch of secretaries that are just doing everything for them. It's like, no, it isn't. But you, it's know, a lot you of guys work. know this too, right? Like, just because your podcast is an hour long or if you, I don't know if you edit it down. We don't edit ours. Um, <laughs> even if you edit it down, you know, so it's like, say it's 45 minutes, right? You take out all the mm-hmm. dead or the ums and the or something like that. It's not just an hour of work. It's however much time you prepped it. Yep. It's editing it's exporting it's tagging you know it's it's a lot more and then if you put any kind of effort into promoting it which i know you guys do um you know then you're like cool this is a part-time job i thought we was just gonna be talking (laughs) yeah just tap and send tap and i was like yeah yeah yeah. or it's like when you then you film stuff right and uh jason a few years ago we did uh, a one take doctor who music video it's three minutes long and my mom, my mom is very sweet, but she doesn't understand creative things. Um, she's like, oh, that's cute. You guys must have filmed it like pretty quickly. I was like, yeah, it only took five hours. I was like, that's good. I was proud of us. It only, she was like, it's three minutes long. And I was like, yeah, yeah. it only <laughs> took five hours. Yeah. <laughs> it's one take. <laughs> that's so sweet. That's dope. Yeah, but oh, yeah. I have a question. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. okay, okay, okay. Okay, what is... Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm, a little, I'm still a little nervous. All right. What is the best compliment you have ever received? Ooh, um, I have to say, you guys telling me that I inspired you or was part of the inspiration for you to start a podcast is pretty high up there. Um, it's funny because a lot of things that a certain type of person would think are compliments, I don't think are compliments. Like, uh, I have a Dropbox folder full of every dick pic I've ever been sent unsolicited. Oh my God. And someday I'm going to collage <laughs> them together with the usernames um, into some like post feminist thing. <laughs> or maybe like a portrait of myself. I don't know. Um, I don't consider that a compliment, but. i hope not (laughs) no but i mean you know some people be like it's a compliment um that's how i think all men talk (laughs) a few few years ago at a phoenix i would say phoenix comic con but i think it might have been called phoenix fan fest at that point um a a nine-year-old girl came up to our table cosplaying as jupiter jet who's our original superhero and that's probably that's probably the best compliment I've, i've ever been paid because children are guileless so they tell you 
exactly what they think. And if she would have, if she would have come up to me and been like, your book sucks. I would have been like, you're nine. What do you know? Uh, (laughs) You you know, like, like, like whatever. But uh, yeah, like that, that was a really special moment. So yeah, it's like something you created and then you see a little kid like dressed as your character. It's just so amazing. I couldn't imagine that type of feeling. Like personally, me, (laughs) I would hope like for me, and this is, unfortunately, this is going to be a sad self plug, but for me, because I'm, uh, I'm writing, uh, I've been writing novellas and short stories and I'm compiling and editing my story, which like uh, feeds on to what you say. Like, yeah, like even though it's like a 24 page, like uh, short story, there's a lot of work that goes into editing it. And the one thing I'll probably do if I ever see somebody like in the wild, like holding my book, I'm a straight up just be like in tears or something like that. Mm-hmm. But then like I go back into this thing where I heard Stephen King when said that he was in an airplane and he saw someone reading Carrie and he goes over and say, Hey, you like that book? And he's thinking to his head, like, she's going to say yes. And I'm going to sign it and I'm going to look cool. She's like, yeah, I'm reading this book. It's kind of a piece of shit. And then, like, he was like, he was like, oh, okay. And then he just sat back down. But, you know, that's, that's like, even still, if someone said that, like, hey, they bought it, they have it in their hands, and it's out there in the wild, like, that, that must just feel amazing for you and Jason, just to see, like, people from all walks of life, just, especially if you see it in person, someone have it, and someone dressing like it, I couldn't imagine just the sheer, like, joy that you must have had. I would fully scream if someone told me my book was a piece of shit and didn't know it was me. That would be so funny. I would pass away. <laughs> you're like, oh, you're like, all right, cool. <laughs> you just, you're I like, I know. I thought that eight times along the way before I submitted it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, also, uh, on the topic of comic books, uh, so the whole process when you had Jupiter Jet, how did that whole was was it like stressful as heck from like the concept writing drawing and then submitting it was it just egregious as hell or was it pretty simple yeah um i mean it's technically i guess still in production um we spent two full years developing it so the for the first five pages of the first volume were drawn two years before the rest of the book because that was our proof of drawn and colored and then they were recolored for the book so that was our proof of concept um they were Mm -hmm. also relettered and we pitched that around for a while uh and we did the thing where we would bring it on an ipad we would bring the little pdf so that we could show it to potential publishers um and then it got picked up and then we made the book and we ran the Kickstarter to pay for the book because I don't have uh, $30,000 to pay everybody what they're worth. And <laughs> you unfortunately can't hold people to deadlines if you're not paying them. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's frustrating because um, with independent comics, you become the project manager. And as a creative I didn't sign up to be a project manager. I didn't go to business school. I, I don't know things about marketing. Like it's it's kind of all trial by fire, but for all of the frustrations and all of the ills and all of the unanswered email, you know, for, for, for everything that happened, like ultimately the book sold, I uh, got nominated for a Ringo Award. We did a second volume. We will do a third one eventually. Like we'll tell all five volumes worth of stories. We've always said it was going to be five volumes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, I'm speaking into the universe. Somebody will buy it and adapt it into an animated series. It will be very great. Uh, I want to awesome. I want to voice her mom so bad. I just think the irony of that would be so funny. <laughs> <laughs> but all of the all of the bad is is so far outweighed by all of the good. But it it, it was also making comics is also an exercise in like, I don't know, should I just write prose? Because I can do that like in my cave. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's much it's like the, the difference between doing a one woman show and doing like Hamlet where you need like at least a complement of six other people just to get yeah. the characters played on stage. But that's also what's really fun about comics is that it is so collaborative um, in terms of writing outside of, I think a writer's room for television. I think it's one of the most collaborative exercises in writing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause people have this weird misconception that like comic books are just, and, and Tevin knows this is like one of my greatest, biggest pet peeve is how the comic book industry treats like artists. Like, They'll spend all these monies on these high profile writers, which is not no nothing wrong with it. I mean, but like the artist is like the glue that holds everything together. No one's gonna buy your comic book if there's no art. It's just gonna be a screenplay almost at that point. And like I feel like a lot of the artists just kind of get like thrown under the bus a lot of the time, which I don't appreciate because comic book is a visual visual like media. Like you need mm -hmm. the art. You need the art. But also, like you said, like it is a it's one of those rare like in, in literature where it's a collaborative thing like you need you need your writer you need your your inker the colorist the the mm -hmm. drawer the trace the, there's so many aspects to make one comic book that's maybe like 15 pages there's so much that has to go on to it also everyone thinks that we draw it which is like it's it's like a belabored thing to explain it to people like everyone just thinks that the artist is the only person who works on the book and i'm like it's not how it goes mm -hmm. at all no. <laughs> I took a comic book class in college and it was, it got real. It got yeah. Real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but, uh, Oh, I have a question. Oh, I have a question. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Go uh, ahead, Tevin. No okay. worries. What's the best tip to make the comic book community a better place? Oh man. Um, be nice to people who don't look like you or just here. Here's, here's it. If you can't be nice, just shut the fuck up. Um, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, like I was saying earlier <laughs> when we were talking about Lord of the Rings, like, I've read lots of comic books that I don't like. And uh, you know what I don't do? Get on my Twitter and at people. Or if I see someone that I like, like maybe my opinion will change of of how much I'll hold their opinion in esteem, right? Um, but like if you like something that I hate, like great, more for you. Who cares? Mm. Um, or if somebody is is suddenly assigned to a book and and I don't like, I haven't liked their writing historically, like then I don't read the book. Like if I don't read, I'm just picking, I'm, re I'm reading Batman. I'm just picking Batman because it's the most popular thing. James, you're wonderful. You know, mm -hmm. I love you. Thank you for inviting me to your parties. <laughs> but like, um, if, if someone gets assigned to, to read Batman and I don't like their work, I just don't read Batman for a bit. And all the Batman that I've loved up to this point is still there. And if it brings in a demographic of readers who don't look like me, that's great maybe they're trying to reach out to a different group of people and and i think i think ultimately that's the problem with the whole internet but comic books is in terms of work there's maybe 800 jobs in comics that would be considered creative there's maybe 8000 jobs in comics in terms of like production um printing manufacturing like it's an incredibly small industry um so if you if you're mean 
it gets around and people don't work with you. And as a result, the fandom's very small too. You know, you get to see people, the same people commenting again and again and again and again on Twitter. And I think it's much more powerful to uplift someone. Yeah. Or to even be coldly polite than to punch down. Um, especially when the community is as small as it is, because all of us, everyone who um, basically came of age before Avengers Endgame had some point in their life where we were maligned or made fun of for liking these things. So let's not do that to each other. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, it's weird because uh, I went on Twitter once and uh, I... Uh... And you never went back. <laughs> no, no, no. no. It was, uh, I think, I forget his name, but he uh, he wrote, a, he drawed, a, drawed Superman. I forget his name. Shadner? I forget his name. Oh. But uh, there's one time I, uh, I tweeted at him because uh, the way he draws Superman was, like, absolutely beautiful. And, like, it had, like, a nice little smirk. You saw the glossy, like, white pearly teeth. And I just added to him. I was just like, I love the way you draw Superman. And at the time, I was um, my girlfriend, uh, who's obviously my ex now, but I said, like, it made her smile, too. And then, like, two minutes later, I get a, a reply back and saying, like, dude, like, you don't know how much this actually meant to me. I've been having such a rough day. And, like, in my head, I was just like, what? Because you have this uh per- like this like perception where a comic book artist or writer is some um, again some major popular celebrity mm-hmm. that has a billion fans. It's just like no, like you said, it's a small industry, a small community, and like when you know you have moments like that where like you know you can't at like like Chris Evans is going to reply back to you, but like you can reply back to a comic book artist or writer. And they'll reply back, and it's it was like such a great moment for me. I was just like, "Wow, like he's a down to earth real person." And I have to stop thinking that people are above me, like in in a spectrum where it's like, "No, we're all humans." At the end of the day, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Especially when when you send the emails to me and Tevin about like you guys are so adorable, literally <laughs> made me like literally made me laugh. I was just like, "Oh my god, he's a real human." You, you okay i'm gonna tell the story so <laughs> benny and tevin both emailed me within uh, i don't know maybe like half an hour of me putting up my original tweet being like gotta be on some podcasts got a kickstarter coming up and first of all you sent the nicest kindest emails um sometimes people and, and they're and they're well-meaning people or, or maybe they're fans they're just like hey, want to be on my podcast? And you're like, I could use a little more. Like you were like, this is the name. This is the day we record. We usually record around this. Stuff. Like all of that is so helpful. Uh, <laughs> shout out to your uh, Patreon. You guys help me with that. To your Patreon. Uh, I like you. Uh, Excellent Adventures. Ashley, you guys help me out with that. Uh, well, <laughs> yes, that's a, that's a particular pet peeve and 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 i i think people do mean that to be sweet where they'll say i can do it anytime and you're like that's the opposite of helpful because now the stress is on me to pick it like even if like you guys i'll spoil everything we're recording on a sunday <laughs> even if you had said we usually record on sundays and i had had to come back with like hey sundays are really bad for me maybe i go to church or temple or whatever or like i work on sundays um, that's fine, but at least there's a starting block. And mm-hmm. I just, yeah, and I got your emails back to back and I was like, this is so cute. <laughs> it made me feel very special. Uh, I was like, oh, yeah. Man, I was like, ah. 
It's, it's not. It wasn't an hour. It was like as soon as I saw it. It was like two seconds. So I, I'm not. She's being modest, but <laughs> 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 I was like, yeah, oh, he, I was like, I had. Yeah, you sent it to me, and I was like, Are we gonna send the email? He was like, I don't know. I was like, Let's do it, and it then we just. Did it. it has to be fate. <laughs> We have to do it. <laughs> I was like, if she doesn't read mine, she's gonna read Tevin. If it doesn't read Tevin, she's gonna read mine. I was like, all right, let's do it. There you go. But that's also the beauty of the internet because uh you're East Coast and I'm West Coast. So like the power of the internet's the only way that we can connect right now. Yeah. This is the safest way. Nobody's getting COVID out of this. Yep. Nobody had to travel. <laughs> unless unless it's like, you know, deceased and it's like a techno virus. I don't know. Oh man! I mean, that's coming for us at some point. I just hope it's not in my lifetime. Next, next. Oh no! All right, but this is uh awesome. This is awesome. But uh, I want to know uh, you well, you write, you write, you write books and stuff, and you act. Uh huh. And you do a bunch of things. Uh-huh. How do you like have a life? Like, how do you juggle? <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I don't sleep well. Um. That's ah. a, that's a true thing. Um. I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> um, so I've, I've been awake since like, I think we started recording at like eight-ish my time. Um, I've been awake since like 6.30, just kind of like rolling around. So like, I don't sleep well. So that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a lot of like not extra, extra time. You're like, might as well be working. <laughs> um, I say this in jest, but I also caution people to like, make sure that you do set boundaries and time um aside like when i was talking about my day i was like i try not to work after six o'clock i try to have that be me time um i try to have at least one day on the weekend where it's just a day off i'm in rehearsals right now so i'm rehearsing every saturday for a full eight hours so it's a little it's gonna be a little more complicated until we open um the first weekend in march but i try typically to make sure that i do carve out um, extra time but also I do collaborate a lot with my husband so we get we do spend a lot of time together which is nice but then it makes it tough when you're like can we talk about anything that's not work uh or mm-hmm. you know you go on a walk and you're like we're not talking about work the entire time we're outside of the building and um I know not everybody can collaborate like that um, but that really works for us so it does you kind of trick yourself into feeling social that way but it's been harder with the panini because it's just harder to get together with people in general. So memes have become a real love language for me because my love language is quality time. I don't know if anyone who's listening is into that, but I just mm-hmm. like want to spend time with people. I don't really, I don't really care what we're doing. Like if you want my, one of my best friends, uh, Patrick, who I often refer to as my gay boyfriend. Like one of my happiest memories <laughs> is just like us like lying in his bed under the covers watching Daria for like four hours. Oh, like wow. like that's all I need for like a friendship. You know, like I don't need uh, crazy things. But uh, so memes have become my love language. So, like I maintain a lot of my friendships just like sending each other memes uh, on the Lord of the Rings thing. My friend Dia uh, Mishra, who she shout out to Dia. She wrote on Math the Masters of the Universe cartoon uh mm-hmm. reboot um she really likes the joke from uh lord of- it's not a joke she likes the line from lord of the rings when theon's like where was gondor when the Westfold fell so i just find all of these like <laughs> where was gondor when the Westfold fell memes and send them to her uh and that's like how i maintain my friendships but um i don't really know if i have much of a life which is 
which is sad. I think it's why I go so hard for like, I love drag, uh, drag race and Dragula and like camp on a key. It's like my sport. DragCon is the only convention that like I miss. I don't drink. So the only time I go to a bar is like to see kings and queens perform. And I think it's because it's the only thing that I engage in recreationally that I'm not also uh, working in. Like I, I read comics. I work in comics. I watch a YouTube show. I host YouTube shows. I listen to podcasts. <laughs> I create, po you know what I mean? Like it's the only yeah. thing that is purely recreational. And I think that's why it gives me so much joy. And I think it is um, honing in on <clears throat> stuff like that, but also uh, I think we undervalue rest. So like knowing when to rest is important, but I literally will like have to leave the state or the country to actually be able to like, let anything go to be like, I'm going to be on a plane for seven hours. So like, good luck calling me friends. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's right. I mean, oh, look, like, Oh, oh wait, so, no. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> you go. No, 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 no. I was just going to reiterate basically everything she said. Like it's, it's important to, to have your rest. And Tevin is a good example for that. Like he will share things on Facebook and Twitter. Be like, like it's okay to mute the group chat. It's you yes. know, take your rest. Yeah, they're really good, yeah. man. But and Tevin's uh, really good uh, because he he goes to the gym a lot, so he has a lot of mental breaks too. That's I think it's really admirable. You go man. to the gym, you brave. I work out at home where no one can see me. <laughs> oh man, but uh, all right. So all right. So say you get an email from a podcast stuff like that. Mm -hmm. What's the process of you like deciding like what podcast do you go on or like what like what would attract you to a podcast? Oh, it's super easy actually. Um, if if it's a name like I recognize Tevin's name from years of internet friendship and support. Um, I also recognize like I know your I know what your Twitter icon looks like. I can see it in my brain, the little dinosaur. Uh, you know, so so if it's somebody who I recognize or I know, like it's an automatic yes. It's just a matter of making sure that the schedule can work. Um yeah. like I've talked to like sweet people in like Singapore and I'm like time differences are hard. Oh, um, but mm -hmm. if it's if it's someone who I know or I know tangentially, I'm always like, yes, I will support all friends all the time. Like send me your Kickstarter, send me your podcast, send me your YouTube videos. Like I'm happy to share and support and give as much thought as possible. And I would say 99% of the time it works out. Everyone's awesome. Uh, but every once in a while, there's, there's someone who slips in there. Um, other than that, I really appreciate when people send links or when they tell the name of their show, because if you invite me onto a show that has like a very specific topic, like if, if I got invited onto a Naruto show, I've never watched Naruto. So if that's the gag, then like, I'd be like, I've never watched it. So if you would like to do a version of like, convince me why I should watch it or like give me an episode to check out and we can like, and that's going to be the perspective, then like, that's fine. But sometimes there are topics where I'm like, I can't, I don't engage mm -hmm. with this or don't engage with this as actively so like i don't know if i'm flattered but like i don't know if i'm the best person and sometimes that's fine right like when we invite guests on geek history lesson i think because of the name people assume they have to be an expert and we're like we're really just looking for you to be passionate that's all we need or to have worked on it right like that's uh, if you're into it it's usually enough to carry the conversation um I don't want to have to send more than like five emails to set a day. Um, you know, like it, it can become very, I become very belabored. Like sometimes it's like, oh, what time zone are you in? Like it, it doesn't have to be exactly five, right? But 
uh you don't want it to feel like work so when it starts to feel like work um sometimes you're like well if this feels like homework the show might feel like homework and <laughs> i just want to come on and like I don't know about you guys, but I just felt like I've been like hanging out with my friends in the morning. Like that's the vibe that I really yeah. want. <laughs> and and if the emails don't give that vibe, then it's like maybe I'll slowly back away. No, um, no, you gave us great vibes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love doing this with Seven every Sunday. It's been like one of the highlights of the week every single week. Oh man, I I and truly can't can't recommend people enough. And if there's anyone I can ever reach out for for you guys, I'd be I'd be more than happy to. Wow. I would be because if I had a good experience here i know other people would so uh thank you because uh, it's it's funny because I, I i travel a lot for work and jealous. um <laughs> well i mean because I, I work in a, a restoration hardware basically it's just a extraordinarily bougie uh furniture uh warehouse uh, department mm -hmm. so they uh i got sent to jacksonville florida and i was like i'm not giving up the power of friendship podcast i was there for eight days so we were still recorded uh, I just brought my laptop for mobile, and then I went to Jackson. I went to Fort Myers recently. Did it again, and then I'm going to San Francisco in two weeks for ten days. So I'm like, I'm not giving up this podcast ever. It's always going to be done on a Sunday, no matter what. Like we just never give it up. That's I, how you it, know it, people are dedicated, though. Like we've recorded podcasts in our car. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Really. <laughs> On like, on like extraordinarily not as good microphones, but yes. Uh, but, but I really admire that, that you're like, now we, I'm doing this and we're going to make it work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Like, it took us maybe like a few episodes to figure out like time frame Cause there's a big couple gaps in our mm -hmm. early episodes of like when, the, when it came out, but then Tevin just said, how about Sundays at, at 11? I was like, sure. So you could thank Tevin for making the oh, structure hey. look way better. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> but uh, uh, well, uh, go ahead, Tevin. Nope, okay. nope, so, nope. Sorry. I have uh, what's one detail in podcasting you think people don't focus on enough? <gasps> Such a great question. Love that it. is a great question. Um, it's funny because I'm probably the not the right person to ask about this because I don't know anything about like actually technical sides of podcasting. <laughs> Uh, so my advice is always like hire someone who's better than you. Um, I would say it's sound quality, uh, oh. because we do, Kevin Smith started saying this and it's true. Um, you can make a podcast on your phone. You don't even need microphones. Like that is what's beautiful about new media is it's hella gorilla and there's no gatekeepers. And I mean, there's some gatekeepers now, like it's fine if they, um, but theoretically right like podcasting is for everyone in the same way that like theoretically like youtube is for everyone even though i think the youtube bubble is uh, was like 2006 you know to be like at the height yeah. of your powers but yeah um but if you really want to stand out and if you want this to be more than just this is me and my friend's excuse to chat every week and like whatever happens happens like if you want things like sponsors if you want to do live panels if you want to have if you want it to be like kind kind of a thing if you want if you want to take it professionally then i think doing a little bit of research and looking into microphones i think that's something that people miss because even podcasts i like there's a lot of podcasts that i like where i know they're recording on the uh i call them the radio shack hand mics oh you know what i mean <laughs> I mm -hmm. just, uh, uh, i'm like oh man and uh <laughs> well so we have some too like those are the ones that we take in the car or we would like take to events or um for a long time 
uh, before we got like we got like a, a new soundboard last year and new microphones last year we only had two good microphones so if we had a guest in studio you know before the pandemic and you could do stuff like that um it would either be us switching to a mic or someone holding the hand mics. Like there's a time and a place for that. And there is ways that you can use the Radio Shack mic. They're 1999, which is why a lot of people started out with them. There's a way that you can use them with a pop filter and with some good um, filters that make it sound better. But um, I'd say like sound quality is the trick. It's just like with YouTube. I think the trick is to um, not be in front of a beige wall mm-hmm. to, to build a set, even if it's, some poster board that you glue some pictures to and you tack it up and then you take it down. Like I, I think people think that it's casual and that if you're funny and you're casual, it will spark and take off. Um, and unfortunately we're not all Kevin Smith. So yeah, <laughs> yeah my tip is always just like, treat it like it's a, treat it like it's a job. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that helps. So I don't know. So, That's um, like a non-answer. <laughs> I have a, actually to follow up that question. So honestly, how is uh how's my how does how do I sound? So I I always do when you were talking about like uh how do you decide to go to podcast? I always listen to an episode. You guys sound great. Okay, <laughs> you have, okay. you have nothing to worry about. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, because that's actually a big deal, honestly, for me too. Is like uh, audio quality and being able to listen and hear people crisp and clear, and yeah, that that's actually a big factor that I would agree upon is audio. Like, because you're listening. Most people listen to podcasts, and if you can't listen, what's the point? You know, exactly. Like, and look, I'll forgive crunchy audio. Like, we're talking through the internet. My my audio might crunch, but you just don't want it to be every single time, right? Yeah. No, no, I totally agree. Um, any anything else, Devin? I was like, also, oh, well. Okay. Uh, how do you, uh, what would you give advice on becoming a better human being? Just to, just, <laughs> um, I would say work on yourself. The like Harry fairy term that I really like is, is shadow work. And it's like engaging with your darkness in yourself. Um, usually by the time most people hit 30, they have some trauma or another that they need to work on. And, uh, Raylan Givens from Justified has this quote where he's like, if you meet five people in a day and one of them's an asshole, they're probably an asshole. But if you meet five people in a day and they're all assholes, you're probably the asshole. And uh, <laughs> I I think we all have days like that. Or like I used to always get so irritated at Starbucks. I hated waiting in line. I hated waiting for my drink. I hated... Um, when it would be wrong and you'd be like, are you kidding me? Like you had literally like one job and it was like to mix my mocha and how could you not get it right? And like, that's ridiculous because I've done service jobs. I've done restaurant jobs. It's hard. Oh, you man. don't, mm-hmm. you do, literally don't get paid enough to care to mess it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like that first and foremost, nobody cares. Uh, in LA, there's always, I have a very straightforward order. I, I get like one thing and I don't alter it. There's always 25, uh, uh, 50 year old white ladies with blonde hair who have more complicated orders before me in line. Um, you know, so I took some time and I like examined why it bothered me. Um, and it's, it's ultimately it's I'm impatient. And then I thought, I thought a lot about, and it's something I've noticed in the pandemic is we really like to be waited on. Mm. I, I don't, I don't understand what it is in our society, but it's like, <clears throat> excuse me. It's why we don't like it when our food comes wrong at a restaurant because we're expecting to be served. 
Um, and I don't really believe in servitude and I, I don't really think I'm better than anyone else. I mean, I might think that I'm smarter than someone, or I might think that I could walk faster than someone, but like ethically on a human level, I don't think I'm, well, I think I'm probably better than like a dictator, but <laughs> I'd like to think all human people are basically the same. Right. So mm -hmm. I, I took the time to like examine why I felt that way. And I'm a triple Aries. Like I'm just not patient. Uh, <laughs> and I did some work on myself and now I'm a Starbucks. If you screw up my order, honestly, I'll just take it. It doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> it's cool. If I show up for my mobile order and it's not ready, mm -hmm. don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. I got my phone. Like I try to be the person who uh, makes their day better by yeah. being easy to handle. And so I would say if you're trying to be a better person, just like examine maybe things that bother you or if you notice yourself snapping and, and why. And you might have a really good reason maybe someone beat you up at a starbucks and so you have a hard time being in a i don't know i like i couldn't carry the starbucks metaphor further um but yeah and just uh as peter capaldi's doctor said just be kind right like yeah. we're all in this together the world is a garbage fire and if you can't be kind be coldly polite you know yeah. a crisp a crisp thank you and excuse me will go a long way <laughs> very true very true um i have a question Mm -hmm. So, this is actually a big thing that I thought was uh, kind of admirable last last year with uh, what HBO did uh, for their uh, streaming service, HBO Max, when they uh movie that was uh, primarily a Warner Brothers production, they allowed movie to be on the days or something, and obviously they discontinued that uh, now. Uh, but do you think that? more companies should start doing this more since obviously we're getting new strains of the, you know, of, of COVID and all that stuff. Uh, do you think like more companies should do this? And if so, I mean, obviously if they're going to do this, like prices might inflate, but uh, do you think it was a good practice to do? Well, Warner Brothers owns HBO. So it was a pretty easy pipeline from yeah. one to the other. I mean, uh, the thing I learned in the pandemic is I don't need to go back to movie theaters. Mm -hmm. um sorry to anyone who feels differently but <laughs> i can like pause and go to the bathroom and there's not uh that lady scrolling amazon who always seems to be in my movie theaters or the person texting um i i wouldn't mind i wouldn't mind if in order to watch dune i had to pay 39.99 the movie tickets in la are 25 bucks so it's what so jesus and then parking and then snacks and, and then if dinner or whatever yeah so like that's I'll pay a I'll pay a, a premium. I don't I don't I don't mind at all. I would I would love it if more studios did that. I think I think ultimately in a capitalist society we often forget that um, chasing profits uh, can look a little a little less traditional. And I think that they would make more money if they did day and date premium releases. However, um, I think Spider-Man No Way Home ruined that future for us. <laughs> so <laughs> broke all the records, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, they got a pandemic movie to hit a billion. So clearly we're wrong for not going to the movies. <laughs> yeah. But I did think the uh Disney Plus like avenue of the $30 was egregious as hell, honestly. Like the uh, uh the I mean, of... I think for I think for that movie it was certainly. Um it's it's tough, right? Because like they are the problem is that we've set the standard of like these movies are going to make a billion dollars so like if that's your if that's your marker for profitability like yeah you're never going to you're you're never going to hit it without charging people but 
I also think that if if people have issues with it, then my answer is always like, put your money where your mouth is. Like, then if you had an issue with it, I hope you didn't pay for it. Because if you did, then then they what? Even if you saw a movie and you didn't like it and you decided to be a nasty person and tweet about it, if you paid the movie ticket, they don't care what you think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's all that matters. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because I I wouldn't. Yeah, like I because I you know I go to theaters and and Tevin goes to theaters too, and yeah, like I'm not going to bash a a movie that i paid for i because they're the ones that they're the ones that are going to have the last laugh because you're the one that paid it you're the schmuck that paid it but uh yeah it's it, it's a weird world i mean people just like talking shit unfortunately for every aspect but then at the end of the day it's like well you're the dummy that paid full price yeah yeah so yeah. <laughs> now nah, the one thing i do say is if you have an opinion about a movie did you watch it and if you didn't then i don't know why the fuck you're talking about it <laughs> so Give it a chance to watch, hopefully in a legal matter, but you know, I, I don't know. It's yeah, I did like I, I love the I love the HBO thing that they did because it made for like certain movies where I was like, I don't know if I want to spend fifteen bucks to watch yes. this. Yes. And I think that's something that people forget. Like it's accessibility too. So I Yeah, because I don't I don't know how they uh they account the analytics because the whole streaming aspect is still confusing for me. Like how does a streaming, like a streaming view equates to a movie ticket? And that still boggles my mind to this mm -hmm. day. That's the thing where you're like, I hope the accountants have it figured out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope so too. Yeah. Unless it's some big ass money laundering scheme and Netflix is just going to bail out and leave. But, uh, I don't know. Netflix is king of the castle right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of but uh, every week, uh, to, every week. <laughs> to follow up the question, um, so with all the streaming services, what are your um, what are your favorites? And to follow up with that, what did what which one do you think needs to be cut away? Uh, Netflix is probably my favorite. I think mm -hmm. that's probably the populist answer because they have the most options, and I think. I think they've created the most original content or curated. Mm -hmm. I would say curated because they take a lot of things like Squid Game, right? Which like I don't think Netflix produced. Someone's going to scream no. at me if I'm wrong. Um, or they take like a lot of English content or French content and like rebrand it as like Netflix original because it's Netflix distributed in America yeah. or something like that. But I, I really, I like that. And I've really enjoyed over the pandemic how they've brought in um, more shows like Lupin, like international shows to a contemporary audience. Um, I think HBO gets a lot of guff. Like, if the interface is bad, it doesn't mean the app is bad. Like, Paramount Plus is a terrible interface, but, like, they've got some great shows as well. HBO also has all the TCM movies. So if anyone's interested in having a film education before, like, 1999, which I really encourage uh, more people to do, <laughs> you understand that The Mandalorian is not that original. They're all Westerns from the 70s. Um, then, and then I think HBO Max is, is really good for stuff like that. Um, what needs to go? I mean, all of it, uh, probably. <laughs> I I might be the wrong person to ask because uh, I'm a big sharer of accounts. So, like, I don't pay for about uh, half the accounts that I have access yeah, to. <laughs> yeah, I think I think everyone's living life. And uh, I, I think stuff like that helps. Like, I have access to Shutter, which I really enjoy. But, like, I don't know if I'd be paying for Shutter otherwise. Um, <laughs> they really got me the last couple years there. Um, they've curated a lot of great Giallo. And they've had some really interesting originals. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. Like, my 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 funny answer was going to be, like, uh, ESPN. But, like, I don't watch sports. So, like, for me, there's just no value in it. There's nothing wrong with, you know, anyone who watches 
<laughs> sports, but like they're you're never gonna get me on that one, gal. CBC <laughs> <laughs> Jam, I'm begging you, allow international people to watch on it. I want to watch Run the Burbs. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, because oh, it's uh, did you watch Kim's Convenience? Oh, okay, okay. Let's see. It's uh, it's Andrew Fung's new show, and I want to. He's the best. I want to see it. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, dude! Like it's basically like cable all over again. But you yeah, know, yeah, <laughs> I would choose this. I would choose this over cable any day of the week, honestly. Just because you have access to billions of shows. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like all the shows that your grandparents probably have watched, they're probably on Hulu or somewhere, and you can watch it all, and you can be all caught up, and you probably know more than them. So I think that's actually a great thing. It's like the golden age of accessibility for so many shows, though. Some shows I'm mad that are exclusive for other other uh, platforms, and I'm just like, I will not pay $15 for just one show, so sorry. Goodbye. Or you, or you wait until it's done and then do the free trial. <laughs> yeah, I've done that before, too, so yeah, I'm guilty of that. Huh? But then, then you forget about canceling the membership, and then you pay for it. Now for you gotta months. set. You no. just set a nice little yeah. alarm in your phone the day before. Uh, no problem. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, get me. No, no. So, like, uh, this is uh, circling back to uh, the comic book talk. Um, so, like, throughout, like, maybe like all of comic book existence, they're always talking about. The inevitable crash of the comic book industry and stuff. But I wanted to get your opinion since you're very close to the comic book community and industry as a whole. Do you think comic books are like in trouble? And if so, like what can they do to approve it to spark back more life? I mean, I think if you look at sales, like, yeah, the direct market is not what it uh, used to be. And I think that's driven by a lot of things. I think the mass media companies like Marvel Studios is not really interested in how Marvel Comics does. Um, there's no reason why there shouldn't be. If you walk out of Avengers Endgame that you should not be handed a, a, like a free comic book day style reprint of the original material. Um, stuff like that. I think the I think the rise of digital comics has not stolen as much out of those people's pockets as um some people initially feared, but my answer to this is always we should adopt the Japanese models. Mm. Um, all all single issues should be digital first, and then the collection comes out, or maybe the collection just comes out every every quarter. Maybe we just get four bat. Maybe we only get four Batman collections a quarter. Maybe mm -hmm. only four, you know, and maybe only four Nightwing ones. I think because I've worked in comics retail. I've worked in production as a head editor and I've worked as a creative and I think that would make it easier and it would make it more cost effective and it would allow you to spread your profits into more things like marketing um, much easier. And then I think in terms of like retail space, um, I think it needs to become more boutique. I think, I think spaces like what Arsenal Comics and Games is doing, things like integrating gaming rooms, events, um, I think comic and coffee shop combos. I know we worry about paper and water, but like, I think that's genius. I think you have to make it an experience because yeah. it's a niche of a niche. It's a niche of book readers. And then ultimately the niche of the niche is it's superhero comic book book readers, because you say what you want about anything else outside of the YA sphere. Um, mm -hmm. 
superheroes is what carries it because I I, I put manga under the umbrella of superheroes because like you're not going to convince me that Cardcaptor Sakura is not a superhero. <laughs> uh, but like it's that genre, right? Um, or like you're not going to tell me that like Goku's not a superhero. Just like he's not a Western style superhero. But I think the storytelling tropes are the same. So um, I think you just have to make it special because we've all been to comic book shops where you're like, wow, that was amazing. And then we've all been to ones where you're like, girl, I'm never going back. Yeah. Yeah, I tried to make my experience when I um when I used to be a uh, a a closer or opener and closer at the comic book shop. I tried to make all the experiences fun, and you know, mm-hmm. I brought my own like board games, like card games, mm-hmm. you know, just to play with the customers and pass the time. And like you know, you do need that level of like of like uh communication and stuff like that. Just because I've been to comic book shops where I walk in and the guy behind the counter looks miserable and angry. And you know he's a gatekeeper of some sort. And you're just mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? Like, can we get away from this show? Like, it's 2020 or 2021. And, like, it's like, stop, please. Like, uh, like, don't judge the family that just came in. That they just saw, like, a Marvel movie and just bash them. Just let them buy. Or or, or guide them. You're the gay. Exactly. Like, I've done that a lot. CW shows are very interesting. She's like, Tab, what's the speed force? I said, oh, man, how much time do you got? But- that is so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would be like, because you watched like Buffy, but but like I, I watched it, but she coming on like some weird parts of like, oh, what's this and stuff like that. But she loves to see. It just. She knows Naomi. This is crazy. But I, was like- I guess doing his job of what like I guess supposed to do, but I was like, I mm-hmm. never- I never thought in my day, me and my mom were talking about the Speed Force and the Flash. It's crazy. I never thought. They're out there doing the goddesses work for us. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome, man. That's really cute, too. But, uh... Oh. oh. So... I have a question. Oh, wait. What do you have to add? Okay, okay. So, all right. You love comic books. I know you love comic books. You like reading comic books. All right. Mm -hmm. I know... All right. I know you like a lot of characters, okay? Mm -hmm. But... What's character? What's one character that needs like more love and like atmosphere? Like, what's the all right? Or okay, I should say this. What do you think? Like, what character do you think is the next big, like Deadpool, Harley Quinn, like the pop out character? Oh God. Um. Like, make a prediction. Be like Nostradamus right now. Make it, make I wouldn't. I would never have told you Peacemaker, having read all of the original Peacemaker stories, oh. um, as I did. So, um. My best friend's got a piece of peacemaker tattoo. Yeah. Oh, girl, no. Uh, I hope they're happy. <laughs> Sorry, that was judgier than I meant it. Um, you can do whatever you want. You're a grown up. Uh-huh. Um, I don't have any tattoos, so like my opinion is truly worth nothing. I would I really I want it for Booster Gold. I want it for oh. Michael John Carter. Okay. And I want it for like blue and gold. I want it for uh Booster and uh and Ted specifically because Berlanti's had them tied up as a movie for a really, really long time. I think that the like Bwahaha era, um, like what Dan Jurgens is bringing back with them right now, um, I think it's really poised to capture that sort of um, post Guardians of the Galaxy mm. silly superhero that people really like. And they're just two characters that I, I, I would really like to see it from. I think you could, if you wanted to, for like a more contemporary dynamic i think you could absolutely like race bend them i don't think that they need to be the two white guys that they are but if the studio wanted that because 
studios be studios that's also fine um and then i want them to get married at the end but i i, I want it for for blue and gold but it's that's the easy answer right usually when people are like well who's like a d or a c list character and i'm like well let's debate what d and c list means but uh blue and gold is is like the easy answer i also want it for robin like i want robin to have his proper oh redemption but i just i What's don't know if, i don't know if it's gonna happen um i would i would pitch if it's a movie um like if if the batman had a robin uh like if robert pattinson had a robin because the character is supposed to be 30 uh which people keep like i keep t joke tweeting like and i'm just here once again asking where's robin They're like he's 30 and i'm like right but if my batman timeline at 21 he gets a robin so like at 30 yeah. he could fully have like a 12 year old dick grayson um yeah. but really like tim drake is who i want to see but unfortunately i think with damian wayne it's uh I think we're going right to the biological son and cutting out um the knees the value of having oh, no. adopted children but oh, yeah. that's Tim just Drake me. is the greatest robin i love him. wait excuse me wait what? okay tim no no not it's a scientific fact tim's the best yeah, yeah. <laughs> like dick grayson um, is not i know i know gotham not green light green light but i don't know if if tim is going to be in it it's weird it's going to be on cw they ordered a pilot so i don't know Probably not. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably be Damien or Damien. Yeah, I would assume it'd be Damien. Oh, also, yeah. a, a thing that I a thing that I, I do like about Damien, and I think that's that people miss. Um, depending on who the colorist is in the book, is Damien is half Middle Eastern. Yeah. So yeah. The mom. if you're yeah. if you're not gonna do Duke Thomas, then like in terms of Robin diversity, like you know give me like a nice i don't know who's like a young dev patel you know someone like that in the part <laughs> yeah oh man. maybe it's up in titans i guess i guess because yeah. I, I do love, love i do when... love titans it's a I... mess and i love it so much i thought i'd never see that wing a... well we have seen oh we have it nice he's the first nightwing yeah oh wow yeah oh wait yeah yeah titans is dope watch it i mean season one watch it still <laughs> <laughs> now but i do love when uh colorists like especially when they do uh uh what was her name joe jolie joe joe hair i forget jo she did the uh batman run for and then the catwoman art uh jo what was it okay. yeah yeah the way she caught uh, ca uh and then uh whoever the colorist was made wonder woman darker and browner mm -hmm. which i absolutely love because i was like yeah because she lived in an island where there wasn't really that much trees and the sun oh hits everybody thank goodness yeah but um oh. Hmm? oh oh i got another question okay wonder woman my favorite superhero okay wonder woman so it, well rest on you too but it's, it's long i got all right but look wonder woman mm -hmm. like my goat that's my goat okay so wonder woman 84 what would you do with wonder woman 3 interesting um I'd probably introduce one of the Wonder Girls. I'm I'm biased towards Cassie because that's one of my favorite Teen Titans runs is like the Jeff Johns like 06 era. But I think I, I'm really interested in legacy characters and I'm really interested in um, what it means to like live up to that shadow. It's why I've it's why I like Robin. Um, so that's something that I think you could do that hasn't been done like marvel's like fuck legacy characters and uh and they're like oh wait everyone's contracts are way too high i guess we love the young avengers now and we're gonna introduce <laughs> them everywhere but like not call them the young avengers um so I, I, I like my first my first pitch bad pitch is either to do 
a wonder girl but maybe like yara floor because she she's really cool um i think she's slated for a cw show though um the new wonder girl so that would be the first thing that would come to mind or um i you know if you want to keep it a period piece i would try and do something maybe y2ke because i wouldn't want to bring it into the 21st century because i feel like that's too contemporary even though I, I know it's 2022 um but i think like the y2k like matrix era of 1999 i think you could do some really interesting things with that and then cast carrie ann moss as the villain because she's the best oh she could be um oh like the fact that she hasn't played a john wick villain is uh, a frankly criminal oh man i agree, I agree with that thank you thank you that's <laughs> i like that i like that i like that also, okay, so since there's like a lot more, I guess there's a lot more female characters now that are more like out there in the world. Do you think that more characters, more female characters, will be like more prominent into like this space? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh man, let, let me tell you right now, no. <laughs> it's a man's world, and we just live in it. <laughs> Even though there's more women out there, <laughs> that isn't isn't always has been. In fact, uh, uh, no, I think I don't think in the mainstream. No, I think we'll never get an Avengers team that has more female characters on it than male characters. It took like twenty three movies to get a black lead, and it took like twenty five movies to get a female lead. Um, I don't I don't see it for superheroes because unfortunately um and, and, and it's the same it's the same in terms of comics as well but it's turning a little bit more in comics um you know unfortunately it's very uh this is where everybody unsubscribes uh or this is where everyone goes and like hates me onto it it's very like heteronormative patriarchy and it takes a lot longer for that stuff to trickle from the zeitgeist to the creative forms than I think um I think we would perhaps like it too. I mean, Wonder Woman didn't make Spider-Man money. Black Widow didn't make Spider-Man money. Black Widow didn't make, you know, Captain America money. Um, Which, like, you can debate the merits of their respective films all you want, but uh, Spider-Man No Way Home is not a movie. It's a clip show. So you're not going to convince me it's much better than Black Widow. Um you can like the nostalgia of it more, but on the merits of the, of the storytelling and filmmaking, I think they're about on par. Um, so no, I don't. Um, unfortunately, you know, how long did it take us to get an Arrowverse show led by a woman? You, you know what I mean? And, right. <laughs> and it got less seasons than any of the male driven mm. ones. Mm. So we, and we canceled, we recast the other lead three times and now we have <laughs> Naomi. So yeah, I, I don't think it's I think we will see the shift, but I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be long. I think it's going to be still decades in the making. Okay. See, that's so that's so weird because um, I read uh, I read a, a shit ton of novels mm-hmm. and it's so weird. Like in novel form, like you have so many fantastic like women and, it, you know, minus the whole sales issues that we we see for males and females mm-hmm. but the book wise there's so many great books that i've read where like the main characters were females and were led by awesome amazing women even if they were written by a male female or anybody and i love that like there's so many great books that i read that i'm like i would love to see this in film but then again i my my skeptical side of the brain's like oh yeah they're probably gonna butcher it by like they're all right so there was a book that I absolutely love called Mortal Engines. And 
the uh, Peter Jackson produced it. I went. I went and, to set for that movie. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, honestly, it was great. Uh, he, I got to meet Hugo Weaving. He was lovely. Uh, oh I had a God, nice time. So awesome. The mo- <laughs> movie I watched it on the I watched it on an airplane. The movie's not the book. No, no. <laughs> I uh, because I I love absolutely love that book. Um, and uh, the main character she had a huge scar across her face, like a disgusting battle scar. Yep. And obviously, like the main character Tom, like didn't give a shit about that. He fell in love with her. But she was always self-conscious about it. And then when I saw the movie, it was a little beauty scar. I was like, Jesus Christ. You have to make everyone look extremely sexy. And and I and I get it because they're trying to mass market it to a mass audience. But I'm like, like, you know, the story, like, you know, she overcomes that that scar and stuff like that. But no, just give her a little scar, a little, little cute scar. And I absolutely hate that. So a lot of the times, like when I read books, I'm like, I really just sometimes don't want them to make a show or something like that and because i feel like a lot of the time they're just going to make it generic and accessible for everybody so that means make it the old same way that every single movie is and i hate that because there's so many great stories to be told and there's so many great stories that have been told but obviously media market is the the way to blow everything up obviously unfortunately it's it's a it's a monolith so it's slow to change (laughs) yeah Really hope before we grow old brain before we turn to dust, we see some crazy, crazy changes. Because, <laughs> I hope so too. Because Tevin introduced me to so many great genres of like music, of movies, of, of literature, stuff like that with women. I mean, we went to a uh, the Aces concerts together, and they're uh, a big uh, LGBTQ, um, mm-hmm. like. Uh, the, the vibe environment was fucking amazing. It, it was awesome. I loved their music, and I thank that all for Tevin for introducing oh. me to that. Oh man, hey man, and like love, love, love is love. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, and I try to spread the same thing too because you know the only way things change is you know if their wallets are affected. Unfortunately, that's right. Then that's a bummer. Yeah, because but. some people don't want to risk it. Risk it. <laughs> All right, we're coming to the end, I guess, Benny. And I want to ask you, well, we usually have a question at the end of this. We ask, what are you listening to? What music are you listening to? LOL, I don't listen to music, really. Um, <laughs> My musical taste pretty much arrests that, like, when the Beatles break up. Um, or Hamilton. So <laughs> I've been listening to Hamilton for, like, six years. <laughs> Okay. Okay. what was the last song like with a gun to my head i don't know if i can tell you the last song i listened to it's really- uh- <laughs> i'm a major major beatles fan i have posters i have literally all their albums and vinyls i have a shit ton of shirts i have clothing um yeah i'm a big beatles fan so when you said that that just made me smile like hell but yeah, the last thing I listened to is like uh, last podcast on the left is finally free from Spotify jail. And so uh, it's back on like my podcatcher. So I've been catching up on like a year's worth of last podcast on the left. That's what I listened to. Last podcast. That's, that's cool. That's, that's cool. That's a cool day. Yeah, they do like kind of a mix of true crime and cryptids and also aliens. So highly recommend last podcast on the left. <laughs> okay. Uh, what about you, Tevin? Uh, like music wise, uh, I listen to uh, 
What's that movie? Uh, I just uh, Andrew Garfield's uh movie. Oh, tick, tick, boom. Tick, tick, yeah, that. <gasps> yeah. Jonathan Larson. Ho 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 days is my is stuck in my life. It's stuck in my head. <laughs> That's my gym jams. That's my gym jams. But also, uh, I've been doing some movie soundtracks, and uh, with Doctor Strange is hitting. Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. That is hit. I ain't gonna lie. Hit Michael uh, Giano. Giacchino. Giacchino. Yeah. He's great, man. Fire. Jesus Fire. Christ. I like his uh, Batman and Riddler score, too. I like that so far. But, yeah. What about you, Benny? I've, I've been on that Euphoria freaking score. Oh. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Euphoria soundtrack is fire. It is Dude, fire. it is epic. And um, I've uh, been listening to, I mean, obviously, I would never give them up the Beatles. I mean... Just been jamming them out with. Uh, it's funny because I own the vinyls, I own cassette tapes, and then, <laughs> oh, dude, it's ridiculous. I I just listen to them a lot, and I've been on a big Weezer high lately. So obviously, I've just been jamming out to that. Um, I don't know. I I think I might start listening to Taylor Swift. Maybe there's some of the music that, that was really good, and I'm like, I gotta get that weird bias out of my head because we you know we're all human and we're flawed. And sometimes I judge just because of what other people say. And I need to stop doing that. And I'll probably just give that a try. Uh, Podcast-wise, It's Always Sunny uh, has a podcast. And they finally have a video format. And I've been watching that. And it's been amazing just seeing the cast member. And it's so hard to to separate their characters from their real life. So I never mentioned them by Glenn, Rob, and obviously Charlie. But... It's it's been amazing watching that and um NFR they do a lot of rap industry stuff I've been listening to and yeah uh that's been it for the moment but yeah where um I guess we're at the end now but yep. um where can they find you Ashley on the interwebs uh you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ashley V Robinson. The V is very important. Ashley Robinson is a WNBA player that I don't want to fight for SEO because she's taller than me. Uh, <laughs> and then if you're listening to this in the month of March in 2022, uh, and you go to Aurora and that will take you right to my Kickstarter a couple years ago to pay for my application for my American citizenship. I wrote a 20 page superhero comic about Aurora Borealis, Canada's national superhero immigrating to the United States to be trained by the Eagle to become the best superhero she can be. Now the whole creative team is back. There's 28 new pages. It's a 48 page print volume telling the first chunk of her adventure and if you would go and support that i would be very very grateful we have a cover by connor hughes a variant cover by connor hughes who is the king of white ash one of the most popular kickstarter comics you can get um kickstarter consultations for me you can get a skype call with me you can get script advice there so i'm trying not only to print my book but to help as many other people make as many cool things as possible so aurora and the eagle.com Definitely would check that out, no doubt. Where can they find you, Benny? They can find me on uh, Instagram at Benny J. Blanco and Twitter at the Benny J. Blanco. What about you, Ted? Uh, Sailor Gaze 18, everywhere. YouTube video. Uh, I'm on TikTok now. I'm everywhere doing the thing. Uh, t- YouTube, everywhere. Twitter, Sailor Gaze 18. And we right, what, have, what we about have, ours? We're here uh, for our podcast. It's called The Power for the POF Pod. All right. Tell your friends, okay? But uh, Ashley V. Robinson, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This, well, we appreciate you. And this has been amazing. 
Yes. And this is like the best day ever. I'm trying not to- <laughs> all week, trying not to die. But I thank you so much. You guys are very important to me. Uh, tell Jason I love him. And he's amazing. Huh. And I love you guys. And I hope you guys get everything you want. All the Chris presents yeah. want everything, you know, all the books. <laughs> well, we, we hope to, we hope to have you and hopefully Jason one day on the podcast. That'd be amazing. But, yeah, for sure. But thank you yeah. so much. Have a blessed day. Love you. Bye. You too. Have a good weekend. Take it easy. <laughs>